Our gospel lesson for today, the fourth Sunday after Pentecost, comes from Matthew chapter 10, verses 24 through 39. Jesus says to his disciples, A disciple is not above the teacher, nor the slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house beasible, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground unperceived by your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I also will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I also will deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. When I was growing up, there was a guy at my church in my hometown who had the biggest personality you can possibly imagine. His name was Alvy. And Alvy, I don't think, was ever in a bad mood. I mean, he probably was at some point, but I, in all the years that I knew him, he was always just happy. Now, big guy, big personality. He had a laugh that would not quit. I mean, you heard him laughing from halfway across town. It was, it was awesome. And when it was time to sing a hymn, he was the definition of joyful noise. Like, not a great singer, but he didn't care. He was going to sing to the rooftops. And what I appreciate so much about him as I think back in my childhood was just the interactions that you would have with the guy. He was always happy to see you. And he, it was almost like he would welcome you into that interaction, into that moment. Now, there's a, there's a guy that lives here in Underwood, and I feel bad. I don't know what his name is, but he reminds me of Alvy. And when I'm out for a walk, uh, the, the route that I go through town, I go right by this guy's house. And usually when I'm out walking, I walk in the morning. And a lot of times he's sitting out in his garage or in his yard. He lives over on the U, over by the, the uh, okay, a lot of you are not. I think you know who I'm talking about. And holy smokes, this guy, you're going to have an interaction when you go by. Now, when I used to run, I'd be by his house in about four seconds, but we were still having an interaction. Now I walk. I walk a little slower, but, uh, but we still have them. And this past Thursday, I was, I was out for a walk, and, and sure enough, same, same type of situation. And he was actually coming back into his house, or for, coming back to his house. He was driving his truck. And I saw him come around the corner, and as I got a little bit closer, I saw his window go down, and I said, yep, here we go. So I quick turned off the podcast I was listening to in my earbuds, and we just had this brief interaction as I was walking by his truck, and he's like, good morning, how you doing? 
And I said, well, I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? Well, I'm great. Thank you for asking. It's a beautiful day. And I'm like, it is a beautiful day. And by this point, I'm looking backwards as I'm walking because we're still talking. But it was that same idea that he welcomed me into this interaction. And I felt really great in that moment. It's just one of those type of people, you walk away from an interaction, you just feel good. I went about another block. And there was a dog in a yard. And thankfully, that dog was on a leash because that dog was not very welcoming. (laughs) That dog was telling me in no uncertain terms in dog language, this is my yard, you stay out, man. And I was really glad that that he was on the leash because I'm like, that's a big dog and I don't think I could take him if he came after me. But so this idea that I'm thinking about is the, the, the very back and forth the sensibility of, of welcome and joy in an interaction immediately followed by someone who did not want me around. Now, that sensibility lies underneath the, the gospel lesson that I read just a moment ago. And, and to really begin to understand that, we got to sort of zoom out just a little bit and, and set the scene. So where we're at in, in Matthew's gospel at this point, it's fairly early on in Jesus' ministry. Uh, he's been at it for a little while, and he's, he's got a following by this point, and that includes the 12 disciples. Now, immediately at the beginning of chapter 10, so just a few verses before what I, what I read today, Jesus has actually named the 12 disciples. He's kind of looked at the whole group of people that have been following him, and he, he grabs those 12, and, he, and they're named, and he appoints them as disciples or the disciples. And then we move into a story that might sound familiar. It also shows up in Luke's gospel, and it's the story when Jesus sends his followers out into the various towns. And in Luke's gospel, he sends them out two by two, and it's actually like 70 people there. Now, here in Matthew, it's a little bit different. It only seems to be the 12 disciples, but he's preparing them to go out and join in the active ministry that he's already up to. Now, he gives them, at that time, he gives them authority over diseases and over unclean spirits. So it seems for at least a short amount of time, the disciples are empowered to go do some miracles and to do so in the name of Jesus and to proclaim the gospel that the kingdom of heaven has come near, the Messiah has come near to us and all of these things. So he's preparing them to go do that. Now, what I appreciate about Jesus and not just Jesus, but about the gospels and about the scripture as a whole is it's honest for what they can expect As they go out into these various communities, they're going to have a myriad of different reactions and how people react to them. Now, some of the people that they interact with are going to be very welcoming. They're going to be very joyful. They're going to be very receptive to what the disciples have to say. And they're going to welcome you into their homes, and they're going to show you great hospitality. And when that happens, it's a wonderful thing. Share the gospel with them and remain there for a time. But the flip side is also true. You're going to go into some communities, and those communities are not going to like you. They are not going to appreciate what you have to say. They're going to be some, some are going to be downright hostile to you. Some are going to be ambivalent towards you, and you're going to see everything from one extreme to the other. Jesus is honest about that. Now, that's sort of where things pick up today. I don't know if you noticed it, but when I, I was reading the gospel, I'm like, this is kind of not very nice kind of, I mean, rude, 
Jesus, like, really? This is, this is not very fun. This is not very joyful. What are we supposed to make with this? And I really kind of wrestled with it for a while. I'm like, is there any good news here? Like, is there anything to hold on to? Kind of seems like division, and people are going to be cranky with each other, and, and people are going to disagree. And then I got to thinking about it. I'm like, well, that sounds kind of normal, doesn't it? Life is like that. Do we all agree all the time? No. I have two really good friends, fellow pastors of mine, and the other day we were texting each other about different stuff, and we actually got kind of cranky with each other. <laughs> like, it happens. And I was kind of like, heck with you guys, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. <laughs> so I didn't for about 24 hours, and then I'm like, I'm sorry, I was kind of a jerk. But <laughs> So it happens. We have these, these, these differences of opinion, these different reactions to one another and that certainly occurs in our life of faith as well. And as I thought about all of this, this, this opportunity that the disciples had to join in the active ministry, I think Jesus was really giving them a heads up of this is what you can expect. Sometimes it's going to be really good. Sometimes it's going to be wonderful and it's going to be joyful. And sometimes it's going to be really hard. And it's going to feel like no one cares what you have to say or they don't even care about you. And so as I thought more about that, I thought, well, okay, so Jesus is being realistic about that. But again, is there any encouragement? Is there any good news here? And I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that on Tuesday when I went and met with my fellow pastors like I normally do. And one of my fellow pastors made a comment that really kind of stuck with me. And she said, well, Jesus says that he's in their corner. If those who who, how's it worded? I'm kind of blanking on. Those who acknowledge me, I will acknowledge before my Father. Jesus seems to be for them. Jesus seems to be for us. Jesus seems to be for you. And that phrase, for you, that just hammered into the back of my brain, and I could not get rid of it. It was like this little needle all week long, as I keep thinking, this gospel stinks. There's no good news in it. And I had that little needle. Yes, there is. And the more and more I thought about it, the more I, I thought about our Lutheran tradition, our Lutheran heritage, our Lutheran understanding, whatever we want to call it, that we are very sacramental in nature. You know, I talk about the sacraments quite a bit. I think they're important. I talked about baptism a little bit ago. And, of course, the other one's important, too, Holy Communion. Now, I wish we were celebrating Holy Communion today. This would make a little bit more sense, but we're not. But think about the words of institution that we hear the very words spoken from Jesus. This is my body. It is broken for you. This is my blood. It is poured out. It is shed for you. Whatever else we can take from it, we, we need to remember, we need to hold on to the truth that we have a God who is for us, who is somehow in our corner. Now, does that mean that everything is always going to be hunky-dory? Heck no. We know better because life is up and down. Life is back and forth, and life is like a roller coaster. And many of you have heard me talk about roller coasters before. They're great the first time, but you go on them seven times and you want to barf. That's a different story. If you want to hear it, ask me about it, and I'll tell you. But ultimately, let us remember that we have a God who loves humanity so much, and humanity includes every single one of us so much that God became human, lived, died, and rose again to show us that there is no length that God will not be, go through in order to be with us because God is for us. And I think I'm going to stop there, so amen.